If that doesn't put a smile on your face, I can't help you. <laughs> right? One of my favorite things, uh, I think top five is the chaos of a, a well-populated Christmas pageant. Uh, it helps when it's uh, a snowy, snowy day as well. There's going to be some stage crew moving around here as I preach this sermon. So um, ignore the folks behind the curtain. If you have been around this church over the course of the last few Christmases, you know that I love Christmas. And it's not the trees or the ornaments or the lights or the pageant. It's not the snow that almost always shows up in Jackson, Wyoming on Christmas Eve. It's the story. The story that we have is a magnificent story. And this week, there's this line from the story that just stopped me in my tracks. And you would think a story that is so oft-told and so well-known that every detail would be in us. The story begins cosmically, or at least the way that we tell it, it begins cosmically during the season of Advent. It starts with this great phrase, you will see the Son of Man coming toward you in the clouds. And then from John the Baptist, the story fast forwards and we hear some prophecy from him that every mountain will be made low and every valley will be raised up. It begins with these cosmic pronouncements, the story does, and then it begins to get earthy. The angels are the ones who bring the cosmos and the earth together. Do I have any angels in the house? Yeah. This one is on y'all. Y'all are the ones who bring this story together. If you remember, the angel visits first an old man. He's an old priest. And the story says, his name is Zechariah. The story says that it was, it was his day. He was on the list. It was his day to go into the Holy of Holies and make contact with God. And when Zechariah goes into the Holy of Holies, there he is met by an angel who says his name is Gabriel. And he tells this old man that even though he's too old to become a father, that he's going to become a father. And that he'll do that through his wife, Elizabeth, who even though she's too old to bear a child, she will nevertheless become pregnant and bear a child. And if you remember the story, Zechariah, in the Holy of Holies, in the place where priests meet God, in the presence of an angel who makes this profound proclamation about what will happen in his life, Zechariah's response is, I don't think so. I don't buy it. It's not going to happen. And in that moment, the angel strikes him dumb and says, you will not be able to utter a word until the day that your child is born. Next, the angels go to a young woman, a humble woman, a woman of faith, but of great emotional strength. 
And the same angel tells this woman, Mary, that she will become pregnant through a spiritual miracle. She will become pregnant and she will bear a son, a divine child. And that child will lead her people and all people forward. And her response is, let it be done. I like to think Mary's response was, well, if you say so. And then there's this wonderful connection in the story between Zechariah's wife, Elizabeth, who's the cousin of Mary. Elizabeth goes to greet her cousin Mary, and when, when she hears Mary's voice, the child in her womb leaps. She says, oh my, Elizabeth's response is, my gosh, something cosmic is happening here, but it's also, also earthy. When I heard your voice, the babe in my womb jumped, leapt for joy, and Mary's response is, my soul magnifies the Lord. Mary's response is, it's not about me. It's about God. God is doing something big here. The cosmos and the earth are coming together. And then in the next beat, we have the angels again. The angels visiting this very unlikely constituency of people. They show up not to royalty, not to spiritual scholars, but to shepherds, to low people, to regular old working folks like you and me. And that angel says, look, today the cosmos and the earth have come together. They've come together in a barn. I want you to go find this child lying in straw, wrapped in cloth, surrounded by farm animals, donkeys, sheep, cattle, pigs, dinosaurs, turtles, roosters. That's the place where this magic has happened. And then there's this line, this line that just stopped me in my tracks this year. It reads, and it's in your bulletin, you'll find it there. It says, Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary knew that she was in the middle of something. And I'm wondering, on this Christmas, do we have the same sense? Do we know that, that all of us are in the middle of something here? Most certainly you've felt it. Maybe it was when you were coming down from the grand, that triumphant descent, finally getting on the top of that mountain that occupies the center of our visual attention in this valley, coming down body, bone tired, but heart and soul 
singing. Maybe it was this morning skiing the pass with a fresh layer of snow, quads and glutes in fuego. But a full-throated, stoked screech coming from your lungs. Or maybe it was at a harder moment, a moment of grief, the loss of a loved one, where the sadness was so acute that it felt like it might take your breath away. But at the same time, having some strange sense that the one you loved is no longer struggling and in the care of the cosmos that made her and loves her. I wonder on this Christmas if we have a sense that we are in the middle of something here. I've been listening to two songs um, on a playlist for the last few days. The first one is Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. And the second one is Buffalo Springfield's For What It's Worth. There's something happening here, church. What it is ain't exactly clear, right? But it doesn't have to be clear in order to be real. This thing that we find ourselves in the middle of is as real as real gets. And that reality is love. Amen.